Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Jeez, you, yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> just, just, just. No, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really yeah. my face. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Travis Price. All right, today's guest, he has uh, over 20 years' experience in the creative industry. He's worked for brands including Five Seeds, Five Seeds Cider, Marvel Comics, Sony, Converse, Pearl Jam, Under Armour, and the Australian Open, just to name a few. Hope they're all right. <laughs> um, if you walk around town, you can see a few of his pieces too. So uh, what, what, I was trying to think of the streets the other day. What, what streets have we got? So there's the big one on, is it Main? Main, Main Road. Main Road there. Yeah, and then there's one on Webster Street, um, and there's one in... Hop Temple Lane. Yeah, the um, it's yellow with the yeah, yeah yep, really well. cool ones. Um, um, yeah, and he's, he's work. Yeah, so his work is truly amazing. I, I absolutely love it. So welcome, Bellarat Talks, Travis Price. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for coming for, in. Yeah, nice to be here. Appreciate it. Like once again, I, I did tell you it was going to be hot up here. <laughs> I was sweating straight <laughs> yeah, away as soon as I bad. walked up. I was real nervous. I was like, geez, I'm, it's going to be a bit hot here. Um, first of all, how how's things been? So you just got back from Dimmy, Dimboa. Yeah, so yeah, we were just speaking about that. I uh, yeah spent my teenage years in Dimboola, yep. so we've probably um, reconnected with going back there again. And I guess yeah, I'm 45 now, and you kind of go back there with fresh eyes. Yeah, and um, and you realise all these amazing opportunities you had growing up in a small country town that at the time yeah you were you, like, you're just like you know shit I want to get the town <laughs> yeah, the big yeah. Um, so yeah we had a great time like. Um, Went, you know, had some um, brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and their family with me as well. So, he reconnected with an old teacher, an old rowing coach, and he took us out rowing one day. And then rowing in Dubula. Yeah. So, um, because of the bypass, a lot of people don't realise that um, Dubula is right on the Wimmera River. Right. Yep. And it's well known. I think um, it has a, a really big history for the Dubula Regatta, which was a huge event. Um, I had no like, idea. Yeah. So, nice. growing up, like all the Melbourne crews and everything would come to Dimboola and set up big marquees and all that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it was really amazing. Like I remember as a well, as a teenager, you know, either being a cox or rowing or something like that and you'd, you'd be there um, putting your boat in mm-hmm. and then it'd be like one of the guys from the Awesome Foursome because he'd be in one of his Melbourne crews getting his boat out or coaching or... Yep. Um, so just stuff like that, it was kind of crazy just to have that access... Mm. you know to these olympians and stuff like that it was really really cool did you grow up there in acreage or was it like a bit of a farm no we we grew up in town but i guess a lot of um your house blocks are quite big around there as yeah. well so we're kind of nearly on the outskirts and um we actually backed onto the school yeah so um so it was just kind of we had a, like a little back paddock behind us that then went straight into the hockey oval and went to the school and all that kind of thing so how many people at the school was it like 100 uh it was, um, I think when I finished year 12, it was about 230. Mm. Um, so you pretty well knew okay. everyone at school, yeah. um, which wasn't too bad. I think it's a little bit smaller now, um, but it's pretty impressive. They've actually got a um, state-of-the-art hockey centre up the back there now, which is all... Um, Jimmy. Yeah, wow. which is all um, turf and stuff like that. So, huh. yeah, it's been really cool probably the last 10 years to see things happening in Dimwoola. Yep. Um, a lot of new people moving in, opening up shops and cafes and... So it's kind of become a little bit of a destination now. Do you want to go back there? Oh, it would be nice. I think they're running out of um, houses back there and that type of okay. thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I enjoy Ballarat. Like, um, it's been really nice to me, Ballarat. It's kind of when I finished year 12, I, I was really shit scared of the city. 
So to come to uni in Ballarat was a really nice kind of stopping Halfway. point for me. Yeah. So um, so after uni, I went off and did my stint in Richmond, and just really couldn't get relaxed. Too many people. Yeah, it was just kind of a, it was really quite unnerving. Um, I think at the time too, Richmond was really bad with heroin. Okay. And so that was really eye-opening yeah. um, as well. <laughs> so um, so I think I did about three or four years. And then um, my wife, or oh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife Renee, she um, got a job at the union. Um, I was finding I was coming back on weekends to Ballarat yep. and just really relaxed. Yeah, loving it. And and that's the thing I like about Ballarat is you, you just feel like you've got time and space. Yeah, you're probably much the same as myself. Is you feel like you sort of know everybody, like yeah, you would yeah, in that yeah. like farm community or like yep. that Timbula community. Yeah. As you went to Melbourne, it's just... Yeah, so it, it was a tough one, but it was it was good for me to kind of be pushed I guess um, I probably commuted for another four or five years yep. just from Ballarat and um, and at that time probably in design and whatever you know a lot of us had to go to Melbourne because you know there wasn't enough studios or enough places to work here yep. um, so that's probably been the upside to you know when we talk about technology and social media and whatever you know there's a lot of downside to that mm-hmm. but the upside is that you know guys like us can, can work everywhere yeah work wherever um and i've even said that to renee like you know you can be quite uh, mobile now where i don't have to have meetings with people mm-hmm. a lot of the time it'll be emails and stuff like that which yep. makes life easy as well definitely so where does all staff here sorry i'll push that mic if that's all right yep forward? Get right. yeah forward cool sorry i'm just on oh, me forward yeah, mo- oh, yeah <laughs> pull it out you can really yank it um yeah so yeah, I guess always like drawing. Yeah. Um, yeah, went off, you know, to Dimboola and then was trying to work out how I become a drawer, <laughs> which was a really tough one. And and my big thing back then was I really wanted to go and work for one of the um, surf brands, like a Billabong and that. Yeah, like Quicksilver yeah. and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, then my teacher suggested that maybe graphic design was more in line with what I was into and I loved Mambo growing mm-hmm. up as a kid as well so I didn't really know what graphic design was and I don't think a lot of people didn't back then as well yeah, um, probably not yeah, yeah so came to uni and loved it it was really really great um, did some work experience at Quicksilver oh did you? Um, yeah like um, you had to organise your own work experience in second year so I did a couple of weeks there how did um, you get onto that? Like, did you just... I, I rang them and hassled them um, I, I rang Rick Curl and I hated I hate ringing people. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, you know, like you write down what you're going to say. And I'm sure they just felt sorry and awkward for yeah. me ringing. So, um, so yeah, I just rang Quicksilver and Rip Curl constantly. Yep. Um, and, yeah, Quicksilver were the ones who said, yeah, come down. Um, I wore them down, I think. Um, in Melbourne? No, I was in Torquay. So, back yeah. then, um, Torquay was really the centre of Rip Curl and Quicksilver. Like, that was the whole story where they'd started. Um, so that was still huge and um, well back when I did it at Quicksilver there was two designers they had two designers two designers who were designing all, all the gear yep. and, um, and it was awesome like it was an awesome couple of weeks to be down yeah, there and see how it all works and then you know you'd, you'd be there and next apparently the surf was on so there everyone just disappears and you're just this work experience guy <laughs> <and they're> gone, <laughs> where has everyone gone <laughs> oh, so they just go and surf yeah just go yeah. yeah so it was really really nice but then um Finished uni in third year, and then it was time to get a job, and that was the tough part where um, there wasn't really graphic design jobs, so you used to have to um, buy the age on sad days. Okay. And that would have that might have one or two graphic design 
um, advertisements in there mm-hmm. and you'd apply for a job and um, yeah so applied for a job I applied for a lot of jobs where at like where are we talking like just all all in studios in Melbourne um, and you go for interviews and um, oh, it's just so awkward now when you look back you're in kind of these really awkward you know slacks and shirts and stuff and you have to take your file in and show them your work and yep. and then um, you know you'd wait and two weeks later you'd get a rejection letter in the post Oh, to say that you hadn't two got weeks. It. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I think a lot of us, you you kind of how had like you know ten to twenty rejection letters, just saying that you weren't the right person and stuff like that. And um, but finally got one. Finally got a job. Um, and that was just working for a small studio that then kind of turned into a, a slightly bigger studio, doing a lot of web work and stuff like that. In Melbourne. In Melbourne, yeah. yeah. So it used to be in um, Fitzroy yep. which was um, yeah really cool I didn't realise at the time just um, how exciting Brunswick Street was mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of cool just to be around I guess people who grew up in Melbourne and, and just get a sense of the place as well yep. um, and learned a lot like back then you really had to be across everything you had to be across kind of video and um, animation there used to be a program called Flash I see you doing video stuff too yeah, like we do a lot of animating logos and stuff like that, and oh, yeah, yep. um, and then we do a lot of print stuff as well. Yep. So um, yeah, probably the nineties, you couldn't really just do one thing. Be that yeah, specialized. Well, that's what I was sort of when I was like doing a bit of research. I wasn't sure if I call you an illustrator or was it like a creative because I didn't realize how much stuff you do. Like, yeah, it's it... a weird one. I, I'm a bit of a hybrid, I think. Yep. So. I, definitely, there's still that design sensibility to what I do. I'd probably say. I'm a commercial illustrator, yep. um, but also on the design side as well. So, um, yeah, or, or just say a creative is yep. the other one, but that's pretty broad at the same time. It is broad, time. isn't it? Just yeah, like but I think commercial illustrators are really kind of sums up a lot of the work that I do. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So you went from Melbourne and you were there for how long? Um, I think I must have been in Melbourne for about three years, mm-hmm. um, living you know, in a few different houses, end up living with some mates on um, Swan Street in Richmond. Oh, yeah. cool. That was um, a pretty loose house, but it was good fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was initially tough because my first job, um, I thought it was full time and it, and it kind of almost, it ended up being very casual. Okay. So um, initially I think it was, um, my boss was just kind of coming out of an agency and trying to get something together. So, um, by yeah. paying your full time rates, or you no, okay. so it'd almost be like, um, it might be like two days, two days a week, yeah, um, a fortnight. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, yeah, week. so Shit. it was so it was interesting because you're still on the dial, and yep. because I just graduated with a degree, um, I had to look for like 10 jobs every fortnight <laughs> as well, <Yeah. laughs> and, and so it was really nuts. Um, but I was appreciative. And I've always been appreciative. I've been on the dole a few times in my life. And I'm I'm always been appreciative of getting money for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I always jumped through the hoops and did what I needed to do. Yep. Um, and, you know, you'd work and then you'd have to put down that you made this much money and stuff like that. So um, so it was one of those, it was a tough start. Yeah. Um, I think Melbourne kind of nearly broke me, like looking back. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like when, was, you, when you think about it, like were you at the point of, I need to make some solid cash here. I need to go get a different job. Yeah, like I applied as a, a woman's shoe salesman at one stage. <laughs> I didn't get an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if uh, Al Bundy did it, I could yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so I got to the stage where even um, I went for a job at Eckersley's Art Supplies as well. Yep. And that was a weird one where you turn up and then they get you to work for half the day. What, as, as a as trial? As part of the interview, yeah. Right. And then so that was weird. But then they paid you for it. Okay. Um, so I did that and then didn't get that job. And then, um, yeah, lots of stuff like that where caught the train out to Moorabbin and then kind of had to walk about 5Ks to get to an interview and, Jeez. you know, just stuff like that. And then you wouldn't get it. And then a couple of months later, they'd ring you up and say, oh, the, the person we had didn't work out, you know. Do you want to come back? Do you want to come back? But luckily, I'd kind of had a few other opportunities. Yep. Um, so it is It is a, a real sliding doors moment mm. where you just, you are, you, you just want to take anything you can get and just try and get a foot in the door. Um, but it's it's a tough thing too because if you get your foot in the wrong door, it really sets you back. And, and there was probably times where there was a couple of jobs I took on that helped me, but it was definitely the long road, if that makes sense. In what way? In that, like, I went off and worked for a, um, a studio that did just purely websites and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so it was money, but it wasn't in the direction that you wanted yeah, to Yeah, it was still good because it meant that I was... At the end of the day, I was, I was very employable coming out of it. Um, but I've probably given up on that illustrator yeah. um, working for a surf brand dream mm -hmm. <laughs> and and had gone for a couple of jobs at Quicksilver that had been advertised and, and yeah, couldn't even get an interview or anything like that. So it was one of those tough ones where you just think, you know, I'm, <laughs> this, you know, mm. I'm not going to get to this where I want to go. Yeah. But looking back now, you know, it, it really was, I needed to take the long road to get to where I am now and now I'm probably in a better position then if I had got a job in Quicksilver straight out of uni, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm totally like, I've got so much, you know, more that I can do and offer and, um, and work on even more interesting projects, I guess, at the yep. same time. So, yeah, it was kind of bittersweet, but now I look back and think, no, it was, yeah. it was, you kind of have to do the hard yards to come out the other side as well, what, I think. What was the moment? Was there a moment that you're like three years down there and you thought, Fuck it, I'm going all out. Like, oh, I'd kind of almost given up, I guess. Um, not given up, but I was probably living back in Ballarat and looking at people around me, and they seemed to be living a pretty comfortable, happy life. And so I decided to come back and um, get a job at a studio in Ballarat. Not that it was that easy. Like, it was still tough mm. to get a, a job back in Ballarat, um, but I'd probably done enough that I was employable quite yep. easily as well. So came back and um, worked at a studio called Brown Inc. and um, probably brought all the web side of things with me. So when I was in Melbourne, um, I was working for Mecca Media Light at that stage and they were looking after, um, which was TXU, which I think was True Energy, like one of the big um, electrical. Yep. So doing their websites, we're doing the Melbourne International Film Festival websites oh, yeah. and the Melbourne Fashion Week. So. I had a lot of I had a, a lot of knowledge about websites and and um, dealing with that. So when I came back, um, yeah, worked at Brand Inc. and then we kind of they were already working for Eureka Tiles, which was big that got bought out by Austral Bricks. So a lot of the work was actually doing um, Austral Bricks's website. Okay, here, yeah, Ballarat. like yeah. from Ballarat, yeah. but it was national. They were a national brand, um, and they were just buying more like Bristol roof tiles and all these other things. So yeah. you're having to kind of try and um, yeah, organise all of that side of things, which sounds easy, but w when it comes to... This is boring. Is, you're no. like, when it comes to bricks, um, 
bricks that you buy from Austral, say in Sydney, will be a different range than what you'll buy in Victoria, just purely because of um, access to clay and yeah, on all the other things. Yep. And then they don't really want to bring tons of bricks from here up there. Cost you have to pay for that. So, yeah. so yeah, it was one of those jobs that you just had to be on the whole time. Um, and we did some really fun, fun projects at Browning, but it probably got to the stage where it was about 30. Um, we just bought our first house. Um, you know, baby was on the way, mm -hmm. our first, first son. And I was kind of at the stage where it's like, oh, this is as good as it gets. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. Like, I think, you know, I've just, I'm going to be a designer mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's, it, it is what it is. Um, but then there was kind of these other things happening in the background where I I got the opportunity to do a couple of um, designs for Mambo yep. as well, which, which is another story, which one of the other um, website companies I worked for, I came back from holidays up in Queensland. First day back, they sacked me. Jesus. <laughs> so, Jeez, guys. back on the, like, on the train, coming back to Ballarat, thinking, oh, what the hell am I going to do? Yep. Like, this is it. Um, but it was one of those things worked out. I went back to my old job at Mecca and they'd kick goals and yep. it, it was all fine. Um, but at that time I was reaching out to whoever I knew um, and uh, Nick Morris, who's actually from Ballarat originally, he's the guy I'd done work experience with at Quicksilver. Huh, okay. So yeah. And then I'd, I'd gone for a couple of interviews with him. He was doing stuff for Hot Buttered and stuff like that. So I reached out to him and he actually introduced me to Mambo and that's how I got the opportunity to do a couple of things for Mambo. But because I'm such an idiot, oh, I just wanted to try and get a job. Yep. So I did a couple of jobs for Mambo, but then went back to my old job just gotcha. to try and get that constant yeah, cash money. flow. Yep. Um, and let that go. And, you know, these are these opportunities Options, yeah. that you're yeah. like, dude, this may not come again, you know, like looking back. But I was just a deer in the headlights, like... You're just trying to make money and trying to. Well, it's a hard bit. It's like you really want to do this, but at yeah, the end of the day, so this is what's paying. It was a tough one. So, um, I'll, yeah, we'll jump back again. Yeah, I was at Brown Inc. Um, and then Murph from Flight Path. So, Flight Path had been around since yeah, yeah. 1999, I think, and he was down in Ocean Grove. And um, I knew him through um, a friend of a friend, friend, Ben Mangan, who's back here as a designer as well. And I started doing some t shirts for flight path in between. So I had this little weird folio of work of, of some flight path tees and, yep. and whatever. And um, this crazy thing happened where we got another friend, Russ, who um, was part of AG Ideas, which is a huge design conference. And they wanted someone a bit younger who was kind of more doing interesting stuff in t-shirts. Yep. And so Russ suggested me, I get this email saying, do you want to come and speak at this conference? Jesus. And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> like, and it was it was um and uh, that was a real kind of catalyst for everything at that point um because yeah I was kind of at a stage where I wanted to do more with illustration stuff I was more just doing a lot of stuff for Austral Bricks um you know and, and the truth is uh, a client like Austral Bricks you know he's worth a lot of money to a company um but you kind of get the stage where you're really just trying to stay on top of all the little jobs that they've got. Yep. And a lot of the time they'll have a, um, a style guide. So you're just adhering to a style guide. Yep. So you're not really being creative. Sorry, creative just, you're just yeah. getting work done at the yep. end of the day. So yeah, I, I end up, I went down. It was, it was definitely one of those fake it till you make it moments. 
because it's like all these you're there with all these international designers and whatever talking about their work and i'm just talking about these little kind of t-shirt designs i've done and whatever how many people were there um was in harmer hall which is next to um the um it's the next i think is that the spire next to the spire or is that under the spire so it's huge it's uh, you know when you walk across um the yarra river to the um art gallery um hamer hall's the one that's before the art um the national gallery of victoria right okay yep so it was chockers like I don't know. There was like I don't know. Let's say there was five thousand people there. Okay, that's fair few. And I'm just a dickhead from Ballarat. You know, it's like wow. <laughs> um, so that was a nice point where um, that was happening, and and I'd try. I'd kind of worked out my exit strategy because I had a lot of inf- you know information about you know working for studios and all these different things and supplying you know ads for magazines like there's all these things you have to know um so i actually came back and got a few days a week working at the uni here as well oh, yeah so that was a stepping stone to just teaching like yeah design yeah, and, awesome. and students and stuff like that and yeah and so then the ag ideas happened and then i said to my boss i'm going to finish up you know i'll give you another you know f- few months and then i'll go out on my own and um so that was the that was the moment the stepping off yeah. like you know fly or die kind of thing <laughs> um so that was really interesting yeah um but first time we'd really taken that chance whereas i, I look now to guys your age um i think back then we were, we were just so conservative in our 20s yep like we didn't want to take out loans we didn't want to get in debt yep all these things whereas um now your generations come it's through and they're risky, just yeah. running and, and running you know down. you know from you know 20 22 kind of thing so yep. Yeah, I think um, it's frustrating to look back. For a while there, I saw them as lost years, my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking back, I, you know, I learned a lot. And, and it meant that I was able to, even now with COVID and stuff like that, um, my work changed a little bit over the last two years where I was able to kind of go back to doing, you know, more logo stuff or yep. whatever it was. So that was the upside, I guess, to, mm. to that, that um, there's probably people in that younger generation who've come out and just done the one thing like they might just do war murals or whatever it is and that was probably a bit tougher for them with COVID hitting that mm-hmm. you've kind of you're a bit more diverse yeah so yeah. so it worked out okay also, where did you style from because I, I remember seeing it i think i first came across your work it was leon's t-shirt oh yeah and he had all the designs on the front yeah and i'm a big fan of like like the bulls 90s Ooh. things and like that type of and it re- that sort of just it just gave me that feeling as soon as I saw it. Yep. And that's uh, that's why the Iron Oak logo I've got at our gym is is something Travis done, which is awesome. Um, where'd you get this, where, where did your style come from? Like, what's yeah, the, it's funny. Like, um, I see. I for a long time never really kind of thought I've got a style, and I still kind of find it weird. Whereas, you know, mates who I work with go, "No, no, you've got a style. This is," but in yeah. your head, just like, "No, it's kind of this." So, I grew up copying, like drawing you know, art or someone else's work or probably the big ones were Mambo. They were huge. Um, the other one was skateboard graphics. Mm-hmm. When um, Santa Cruz and all that came out, that was huge. So, and then comics. And so I've always been interested in, in a bit of everything. Yep. Um, and then what happens is you, you copy just for fun as a kid, you copy all this stuff. And, um, and what I think it's happened over years is that you kind of beg, borrow and steal. Little bits of everything. You learn things, yeah. you like, and, and so now it's really interesting when I look at someone's work, I'm, you're breaking it down, like, oh, how do I approach noses and hands and, you know, is um, 
this, their stance, what makes them different is it might be that the way they draw people is quite dynamic in how they stand, whereas a lot of people just yep. will draw, you know, so all these little things that I didn't realise that you're learning at the time by, um, and even when I went to uni, we did um, art history and, and one of the projects we had to do for art history was um, recreate a, um, a well-known art piece as okay. well. So I recreated a, a Roy Lichtenstein pop art piece of like of one of the um, planes and mm-hmm. stuff like that and um, and it was good fun like to try and work out how to do the stipple patterns and all that kind of thing um, and it made me realise that you know a lot of the time in art you're like you need to find your own voice and this and that and yep. it's not that easy <laughs> um, so it's sometimes not a bad thing to kind of be referencing all these other things and and then you know I guess you know 10 20 years later you kind of have this natural style yep. but I could probably tell you oh that's from you know Jim Phillips that's how he kind of approached shading and that's from you know yep. so oh, you know all these little bits and pieces that you kind of have this hybrid of things that you've learned along that the way. That makes sense it does make a lot of sense that. Yeah. Um, well, okay well let's go into your process then so for people listening so I've already done it but your how if I approach you yep send you an email um just tell me what, what do you do what's your first steps how do you do your costings because i costings with the creative i think is very hard yeah it is it's super hard as you would have found out yeah, too yeah. um and there's red flags yeah like there's big red flags um especially if you get a client who say oh no you're the creative you do it yep and then so you can spend a week doing something don't like it and they said no nah, i spoke to my friends and this and that oh, the friends, the friends. yeah so there's these red flags so it's um it is a tough one um to tell the truth, coming out um, and then getting work, and then um, one of the first things I did was join Illustrators Australia, and then they put your follow up online. Yep. And then from there, um, also got um, the agency Jackie Winter Agency, who look after illustrators, um, uh, brought put me on their books as well. And so the really nice thing about that was you're working for art directors. Okay. So you're working for creatives who know exactly what you want. Yep. And so your whole job, they'll brief you really specific and really straightforward and your job is to get to the finish line as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a re- it's super easy working like that. Yep. Whereas I probably find um, when you work for someone, especially local, who hasn't, who are, you know, husband and wife business or whatever it is, who don't really know how to brief yep. and that type of thing, it, it, it's super tough. Just goes around in circles almost. So now, uh, you know, I have red flags where it's like, oh, look, this is going to be, I think this one's going to be tough. Yep. Um, or, you know, like when you come along, I thought, no, nah, Josh's going to know what he wants. We'll, we'll get there pretty quick. Yep. Um, but you can get in those situations. Yeah, where, 100%. And then it's like, well, what do you charge? Yeah. What do I charge? Because this client could be super quick or they could cost me two weeks. Yep. And we get into this weird conversation about, you owe me more money and mm-hmm. uh, or not like I need to charge you more yeah. and so it is tough like I'd, you try to work out processes so one of the processes I'll have working with someone like that is um, I'll put a mood board together yep um, of just work of different stuff from all over the internet mm-hmm. and and kind of say look we can kind of go this contemporary colorful style or we can go this kind of nostalgic it's based on you know old advertising or whatever and even it costs you know it might take you kind of half a day to put that together but you're trying to create 
an email trail at the same yeah. time to say no, you, this you agreed to this, this here. What you said, yeah. yeah, so that's the tough one, yep. um, and especially if you have a meeting with someone. Um, I'd actually don't like having meetings. I prefer everything is via email, yeah. so everything's in writing, yep. so that. Um, if they say, no, well, you know what? Yeah, we, we were thinking that we wanted a bull, but now we're thinking we want an eagle. Mm-hmm. And that's when you say, oh, that's actually a change of brief. So I'll charge you for what we've Extras. hit and then yep. we'll start again. Um, so that's, yeah, it's a minefield. Oh, it's hard. Like you would have that's had that really where you, yeah, you you do all this work on a, on a Very video tough. and then come back and go, it's not quite what we wanted. Yep. So. Yeah, it's super tough. It's um, very hard. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a and, hard, I, and I often think like um, seeing people, you know, um, mowing lawns or whatever it is, um, I often used to, because I go through stages where the creative brain just has had enough. Yep. Um, and I think like, geez, that'd be nice just knowing that, okay, that, that there's this lawn here, it's going to take me an hour to mow it. No, exactly what it's going to take like me. this much, like yep. there's no surprises. Yep. Whereas in that creative realm, it's almost like I have a dream. I can't quite explain it to you, but I want you to get there. Yeah, you're the you're the person doing the puzzle. Yeah, so that's a tough one, and and then especially too on a local sense, you know, it's tough because you're charging a certain amount for the you know city work Commercial, or whatever yeah. it is, and then you're kind of trying to help them out. Yep. In price too, but it, it's always tough. I think. Very, very hard. So with your um your process then, so are you hand drawing things first or are you doing, um, is it sketched up on the computer first? Uh, I'm pretty slack now, whereas um, initially, so I have these um, ideas books. Yep. They're just little s- sketches and I've kept them all and they just um, have ideas and stuff in them. So initially, probably in my 20s, I'd try and sketch up concepts. Um, and my biggest thing was trying to then bring that looseness across to the computer mm-hmm. which took it's a while really hard, isn't yeah it's very structured on that yeah because you get so perfect on the computer and that and that was something i worked out that i had to let go of like yep. that everything didn't have to be mirrored and stuff like that so um initially i used to sketch things up pretty roughly um and then would um scan it in or take a photo and bring it in to illustrator yep um, but you can do it in photoshop and whatever and then you just you know have it as a layer and then start drawing over the top mm-hmm. to try and get your outline and stuff like that. Okay. Um, whereas now I probably construct things more straight on the computer yep. um, just to save time and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, and probably the thing that's worked for me is a lot of the guys are using Wacom tablets and um, Procreate oh, like now to draw, yeah, like to draw the, stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, whereas, because I kind of went through uni in the 90s, I'm still using a, a mouse to draw all my stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's all very constructed. Is it hard um, for you to transition or you don't want to transition? It is hard. Like I've, I've got a Wacom, but I just, I work so much quicker. Mm. Um, you, don't want to take the, you don't really want to take the time to almost learn. No, but, but I'm mindful that I need to okay. at the same time. So especially like now doing a few, you know, a few more um, band posters and stuff like that, that the Wacom kind of comes in a bit more handy because you want to put a lot more detail mm-hmm. into things um so that's kind of i'm at that crossroads just trying to jump between one or the other the up the upside to use the way that i work at the moment is constructing things so that they're if i draw say you know a head with shoulders um i'll i won't be a full outline i'll actually have the body behind the head that's you don't see yep little things like that so it means that when i'm actually 
doing commercial work and you know the client says oh we want to make that bigger and move that over there and stuff like that it's super simple for it's quite me easy to move, yeah. um, whereas traditional illustrators they would have drawn the full outline and then brought it in that way so they actually don't have that information sitting behind that so object to do it all again does that make sense yeah it makes sense it yeah, does, yeah so um so it's kind of working for me at the same time on that commercial level that i can quickly change um, and you would have found even um, a lot of the time when I'm actually working, I'll work almost to 80 to 90% finished yep. art. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm just trying to save time. Yep. And, and, and back myself that we'll get there, mm-hmm. like that we won't be so far off. It's, you know, a bit of a gamble, but normally it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it means that yeah, I can still tweak things pretty easily. Like even when we did your yeah, logo, I think we do quads and backwards hat. I reckon it was. Yeah, yeah, so and that was, was no like, big deal because yeah. I already it wasn't. I didn't have to redraw it. I just draw that Spin bit and move it and stuff. So yep. yeah, so hmm. it makes it makes a difference. Who's your biggest client or your favorite? Do you have a fra- like a big favorite um, piece you've done or, or? I don't know. Like it, it, there's there's a few few clients. Like because I'm um, a freelancer, it always changes. So um, so you know one year you might do stuff for Nike and then you would date the next or whatever it is. So it, it always changes. Um, but I, I think probably one of the biggest things that happened, like definitely when, when I got to do that Mambo stuff initially, that was really cool because it was like, oh shit, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm kind of good yeah, enough. I'm good at this, yeah. um, you know, I've got that opportunity. It's all right. Um, but then going out on my own and, and, you know, knowing no one and trying to start somewhere, um, this, this crazy thing happened where I went to a, um, a conference, a streetwear conference in Melbourne, um, and they had this guy called Ricky Powell, who's this crazy New York photographer. Like, they used to kind of call him the fifth beastie boy, like he was kind of that era of yep. New York, photos of Madonna and all this kind of thing. Okay. Um, and he got up and spoke and he was after lunch and I think he'd had about, you know, eight pots oh, and was pissy pissed pissed as anything <laughs> and this new york and he had this radio that he's listening to and had this hat on and he had his own nikes that the, the ricky power nikes and that and just proceeded just to it was like you learnt nothing but you were entertained yep. you know um and just this really crazy thing and so I went home last n- that night thinking, gee, that was like almost watching a cartoon, that guy. Um, and so I drew a, like a mascot version of him that was a camera with legs wearing his shoes and wearing his hat that says New York Crimes, yeah. holding a radio. And uh, I think I used one of his photos as a backdrop um, to the image of this character. And I put it up on Behance, which was kind of this new thing that Adobe, kind of social media Adobe thing that you can yep. put your folio up on. And I just thought, oh, you know, put up there and whatever, fine. Um, and then this crazy thing happened where, like, a week later, I get this email from Nike saying, oh, we want you to do T-shirts for us. How crazy is that? And you're like, how the hell? How does that how, how the hell's Nike found me? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they sent through the briefs because um, a lot of it was to do with um, doing T-shirts for Foot Locker in Europe. Yep. And because the sneaker culture is all about collecting sneakers, they're finding that they needed to match colours and t-shirts to shoes, right? Um, and so they had kind of all these ideas that they wanted a spaceman and and they wanted um, you know like a ghetto blaster wearing kind of Nikes and all this kind of thing. So cool. And then in their brief, it, it's almost like t-shirt plus ghetto blaster plus this equals t-shirt. Yep. Like it's a really simple way okay, of briefing, this, yep. which is really really nice. 
Um, but yeah, Ricky Powell, the Ricky Powell illustration turned up in the briefing. Oh. So that's they'd come across me because they were looking on Behance. And he came across this, this, this Ricky Powell and saying, like, let's, let's ask this guy to do some teas for us. So that really opened my eyes to social media, that you can actually use it to your advantage yep. um, to try and get in front of people and stuff like that. And, um, and that's probably something I've been a bit slack on with Instagram, but it's still very important that you don't stuff. have to have yeah. heaps of followers. You just have to have the right followers. Yeah. Um, um, one of my tricks, um, not a trick, but if you're very strategic... Um, LinkedIn, yep. everyone under the sun will be on LinkedIn because they want to get headhunted yep. by somebody. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time, the tough thing is trying to find who's who in a company, especially mm -hmm. the big companies, but you can find them on LinkedIn. Yeah, you'll be able to say, yeah. And then you can find them on Instagram. Yep. And then all you have to do is just kind of float past and like one of their pictures. Yep. And, and it's just a really passive way of, of kind of getting in front of someone because then they'll go and check out you know your Instagram account. LinkedIn's very underrated. It's a, it's almost like the Facebook of 2012, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it well, is. It's because it's always been the old school. Like I don't really use it a lot, but it actually has a lot of information on there, especially for big companies. Mm. That they'll always have their information on there um, because that's the thing, especially in the creative industry. Everyone's looking for that next stop. Yep. Like um, they're always looking for that next job. So a lot of the time, um, it has all their yeah. Um, back history of where they worked and everything like that so it is interesting yeah, yeah it's interesting <laughs> alright well let's move on to some questions um, did you look at them last night or not yeah I was trying that? to look at them they were kind of freaking me out yeah were they yeah I don't know you just always kind of think how do I answer that oh I mean we can skip it if you want no no, <laughs> no, no I've, 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 I kind of wrote them down to what, what you know what that would be and stuff yeah. so no. alright well uh, what's something people would be surprised to know about you um, yeah, this is a tough one like I could say all these silly things um but I, I struggle with anxiety and okay. have bouts of depression, yep. um, which I thought was probably a good thing to chat about. Yep. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, an ongoing learning process for me to how I deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the anxiety has always been there. Um, so, you know, it'll just be like that crazy stuff, like you'll do something, like I'll do this podcast and then, you know, I'll go home and think that everyone thinks I'm a dickhead and I shouldn't have done that. And, okay. You know, Were you nervous coming into the day? Uh, you get nervous, but yeah. then you relax. Yep. But it's just kind of that aftermath or, you know, I've done this mural and everyone hates it. Um, okay. I work shit house. Um, Jeez. So you have this ongoing around. thing, yeah. yeah, that you're not good enough. Um, yep. So that's always there. So it's been trying to find that, you know, when do you stop working on something or when do you just let go of that or you know it is what it is um, yep. you kind of can't worry about pleasing everyone and you know and doing everything else or whatever it is um, so uh, but it's been one of those things too that I've learned that it's part of a creative brain so you'll probably find that a lot of artists and creatives will have this inner struggle yeah um, you know the nice and, and stuff never being good enough is that you know the the silver lining is that it, I I'm always pushing to try and get better, or yep. try and learn stuff. Whereas yep. um, you will find people who get to a stage and then they're pretty happy with that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a you know yin and yang yeah, <laughs> of, of, yeah. of that stuff. Um, wow. Um, and and um, finding that exercise is something that helps. Like that. Um, you do a bit. Not not like what you would, what but um, but I'll, I'll try and you know go for a walk around the lake yeah. three or four times, you know, with some other creative mates, yep. um, and just little things like that that make a huge difference to your head. Like you know, even working from home, you know, like in winter, like there's times where you know an outing will be to the supermarket, you know. So just little things like that. Yep. 
Um, what are your weaknesses? Um, I'm a people pleaser. Is probably the the probably a weakness that I've got to learn to say no to things that you know that um, you know you you'll find too. You get in situations and your head's saying, oh, I don't want to do yeah. this. I don't want to do this. You don't want to let someone down. Yeah, and then and then someone's just going, yeah, you'll do that. Yeah, you'll do this. And so that's probably what I'd say is a weakness that I've got to try and work out how to wrangle um you know a good friend of mine told me you know just don't burn bridges yep just you know you just got to let people know look i'm a bit busy or you mm. know to do that that's going to cost this much like yep. i can't you know so um but then i always feel guilty feel bad, for letting guilty, someone yeah. down do you know yep. what i mean, I know, um, exactly what I mean. Yep. so and I, I think part of me thinks that's a, a country thing yep like growing up you know in a small community and it really is you you don't want to let people down no, exactly yeah yeah 100 yeah so hit me with uh what, what are you most afraid of i'm afraid of needles blood needles and me too you know yeah. with the jab like with the yeah, vaccine yeah. Yeah. yeah like if you get a, a fish hook in your finger i'm not your guy like you're I'm, done I'm you're like, <laughs> like i just like um a few times things have happened and it's like you know, someone's crashed or something, and yep. I'm, I'm the guy who stands like 15 minutes back because I'm not. I don't want to I'm not getting it. in close. Well, just <laughs> a, I, I filmed at a mate's gym the other day, and they had um, uh, what do you call the needles they put in you? Oh, your syringes. No, no, no. Um, acupuncture. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how far they go in. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and they just keep pushing, and it freaks oh, me wow. out. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. I kind of. I can get over it, yep. but um, but it's a, yeah, like when I have to get a blood test or something. Yeah, look, obviously. Yeah, I can't yeah, look, no, and, look, and no as long way. as they keep talking to me, yeah. and um, yeah, you kind of get that shiver up the back of your um, calves. Yep. It's just like, yeah. Sit you down. <laughs> <laughs> I get this weird thing. This sounds really bizarre. I get this tingle in my balls act. That's really <laughs> right. bad. You know, I don't know why. Every time I think about needles, it just hits me. Yeah, it's a it's a um a freaky thing, and, oh. and um, sadly, my kids um, are scared of it, which I worry that it's kind of come from me so yep. um the vaccination stuff was pretty confronting yeah which i think probably would have been for a lot of parents um, but yeah like had to bear hug my daughter yep um and it was just yeah awful so Damn, so it's one of those things i kind of realized i've got to work on you know and how do you work on it though just well just paddle? um because it is mine like i'll yeah. go in there and just get a needle yep but um, I'll freak out for a couple of days beforehand. Yeah, just do the sweats. Um, yeah. But, you know, but I, I don't need to probably say that around my kids or mm. whatever that, oh, you know, because if, if you folks are scared of something, like... They're going to be really scared. Kids yeah, are really scared. Yeah, so. yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, what's something someone said to you that, that's just never left you? Um, so my old boss at Mecca, his, his name was Nick McGee, um, coming out of uni, you just want to design the shit out of everything. Mm. Like... You know, if you've got an A4 page, it's just going to be design, design, design all over it. Um, so he used to always say, less is more. Okay. Um, which sounds ridiculous, um, but I've since learned it, it comes from minim- minimalist art. Mm-hmm. Like that, the idea that um, by simplifying things, it's actually easier to take in. Yep. Um, so from an advertising point of view, I'd probably put it back to, you know, the old European posters um, where it might have a clown drinking the soft drink and then just have you know the name of the brand yep um so that is really easy to take in and you know there's brand recognition there and you know it's soft drink and it just um so I, a lot of that stuff i look at and whereas you know you might do work for a client 
and it's like where's the wow factor where's all the pizzazz like they want a page full of everything everything um whereas you actually have to have hierarchy to what people how people take in a picture or how people actually read mm -hmm. information yep um because you know one of the biggest things you know will be might be doing it for a company and it's like i'll oh, make make the um, logo bigger make the phone number bigger and if everything's the same size fighting each other you actually don't take things in quickly yep that makes sense that makes Whereas sense if it, especially with text if it's kind of different sized in hierarchy to what information you want people to take in so yeah less is more less is more um like he, he also used to say smoke him if you got him which smoke him if you got yeah. him as in like cigarettes or well i don't know <laughs> he'd, kind of, he'd have cigarettes and stuff <laughs> at the time but um but what it means is that if you you know if you've got the opportunity do it yeah okay um but yeah he used to always make me laugh smoke him if smoke you got him, if you got him. Like uh do you have any mentors or people you really look up um, to um probably not so much now you know like you'd be the same you had some really great teachers um had some mentors when i was young with design and art lecturers and stuff like that um who still keep in contact with which is really really nice mm -hmm. um but a lot of the time now it's more kind of peers um probably one person who's been really important to my career is eddie zamet um he's a really good friend now um he lives in melbourne comes down to ballarat every now and then i keep telling him he's going to move here um <laughs> but um eddie loves t-shirts i think he's got a collection of like nine thousand t-shirts um he started a, a magazine called um t world wow which ended up being like a 300 page hardcover magazine yep. um so he's been great we, we do a lot of work together so any of the stuff you've seen me do that might be like star wars or marvel or um he's working on a hello kitty project up in um sydney at the moment yep. which i helped him on so um he's been really important um probably I'd say in capacity as a mentor and a friend and a peer and, and someone who um, has pushed me yep. to um, get better or try different things as well. So, um, oh, yeah. A thousand? Yeah, he loves Where's it. Where does he keep them? He, he's got um, storage containers. Oh, and, um, and he's got OCD, which is amazing. Uh, hopefully <laughs> he doesn't mind me saying this. Um, so everything is colour-coded. So the whole collection will be in a rainbow. Yep. So they're all hung up on certain... Um, coat hangers yep and um they'll go from black to white to red to and, and go so right like through they do the salvos like you know how you see like they're all yeah but his yeah. is like amazing and even when you go to his house it's really amazing because he's got a big bookshelf which we all do all designers and that have uh, these big bookshelves of books um and so mine will be like you know typography or fonts and then yep. it might be retro advertising and it's a real mishmash but i know where each section is yep um eddie's will be color coded so it'll be by the color and size of the book isn't that weird? So it looks strange. amazing. Yeah, it looks incredible. But, um, but in his head, he can remember, okay, that, you know, um, retro advertising book, there's a red, red, you know, spine and yellow spine, so you'll know to grab where to go. So, oh he's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, who do you want to see the podcast next? Uh, it's a tough one because Ballarat has, you know, pretty amazing people. Um, but someone who goes under the radar and mm. likes to go under the radar, so I'll call him out, is um, Brendan Oliver from yep. New Generation. Um, yeah, yeah. I reckon I met his kid. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got. Is he? Oh, does his kid? Yeah, like Johnny Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so he's good friends with John. Yeah, yeah okay. There you well. go. Yeah. Um, but um, oh, probably nearly ten years ago, Brent and I started Jimmy Royale, which is a t-shirt brand together. Yep. Um, and we sold it in um, New Generation and and um, some stores in Melbourne as well. And for me, it was a real 
learning curve because I'm all about the art and Brendan's all about the business. Yep. And um, and it was really good for me to get an understanding just of simple things like price point. Um, you know, like I remember at the time, everyone was pushing their t-shirt prices up to say fifty-five, sixty dollars. And I remember Brendan said, "No, no, we'll, we'll do ours at forty-nine ninety-five. Yep. And it's like, why is that? And he goes, "Because no one wants to break a hundred dollars. Everyone they're happy to spend a hundred dollars. They won't break it. So." Yep we'll be able to sell two t-shirts instead of a t-shirt and then they might buy some socks and a hat. Yep. So just stuff like this that was just amazing or even, you know, that you might spend all this time on this crazy t-shirt design but then you go, I'll oh, just do like a, a simple, you know, script logo yep. t-shirt, you know, and of course that one will sell more, mm. less time and stuff like that. So, um, so Brendan, we've kind of went our own ways. I more went into design and um, he went off and started the the brand Wanderer. Yeah, that's one, yeah. Um, with um, Steve Kirby. Yep. Um, and uh, you look at that and that's amazing what they've been able to do. Um, you know, a very modest guy mm. that, um, you know, would be hard to get. But Would he come on? I think he would, hopefully. Okay. But um, but I just think it's really impressive what he's been able to do um, with Wanderer. Yeah, awesome. Like it's in all, you know, major retail. It's everywhere now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really so, is. and, you know, to think that it, it's from a, a warehouse here in Ballarat. Um, Jake Richardson is the designer yep. um, who, who was a graduate from uni here as well. So, it's awesome. um, and Chippy does their photography. So, uh, it's a real yeah. What's Chippy's real name? I can't remember his real name. No, I can't either. <laughs> chip, chip shots. <laughs> chip shots. But um, so there's a real Ballarat connection to that brand that a lot of people don't know about. Yep. And um, and I think that's you know an amazing story. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Appreciate it. Anything else you want to say to the Barrack? No, no, no. Thanks that, for the time. It, I appreciate <laughs> you. We've actually had to stop a couple of times, guys. It is so hot up here. Um, so if there's a bit of static in this episode, apologize for that, but it is what it is. Appreciate okay. time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.